Hey everyone, and welcome to the 40th installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 8, 2020. This week on the podcast, someone's had a birthday and we're so glad. I'm Carson Gibbons, and I'll be running play-by-play. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and birthday boy, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. Oh man, that'd be me. You're in for it, buddy. Am birthday I? episode. Oh. <laughs> you thought you were over it. How's it feel, you old goat? I've, you know, I'm, I'm sore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Knees aren't working as, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Like well, I sore I mean, after your birthday. Well, you guys know that I've been going to the gym and stuff and it's just like, you know, my arms and joints and everything like pops after every, every rep. You get that osteoporosis, man. Yeah, man. So, well, let's happy let's... 28, 29. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know how old Forgetful, I am. Forgetful. <laughs> he's got dementia. He's <laughs> yeah, got see? the osteo. Yeah. You a mess. All right, man. Well, let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Surprise! Happy birthday, babe. I know we already celebrated a little, but there's much more to come because you definitely deserve to be celebrated. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. From jumping into your master's classes and maintaining A's to finishing a school year with all the craziness of COVID like a boss. You're absolutely amazing and I'm so grateful to be a part of your life. Here's to many more awesome years to come. I love you. That's my girl! Whoa, man. Ooh. She's got quite the voice. Yeah, she does. I dang. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could get in supreme trouble for saying this, but in my opinion, what's the audio version of like bedroom eyes? Like, I mean, she has such a sensual voice. <laughs> Courtney, I love you, man. That was, I, love uh, you, girl. I don't know if that was just great acting or nah. I, lo- I love that. Yeah, she's. You should do voiceover, Courtney. <laughs> Let me yeah. be your agent. <laughs> yeah. She needs to like, uh, do you like the preview for our episodes? Like maybe like read the synopsis or something? Yeah. Anything. Yeah. She needs to go work for Calm App or something. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah. I had no idea. Case I had any no of you idea tots that were was... confused about how she felt about B-Red. Now we know. Mm. Well, I, I'm almost speechless other than like, that's my girl. Yeah. So great shout out from, yeah. from well, Courtney. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I'm assuming you reached out or whatever, but thank, yeah. Thank you, Courtney. And thanks for getting all that together. That, that was, a great I might've su- coordinated a, a was, surprise guest or two. That was a great surprise. This one was the heartfelt one that we came in with and <laughs> you're going to get the other one. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and it's, we can just stick with this one. No, it's the next one is really well pinned. <laughs> is it is, does the voice sound as nice though? You know, I'm grading it from a whole different perspective, honestly. <laughs> okay. It's the All content, right. not the uh oh boy the aura. Well, I'll uh I'll bask in this one while I can. So happy twenty ninth and thank you. Back from fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. What a great holiday, said no one ever. <laughs> honestly, it was pretty chill. <laughs> it sucked. Like goodness. Um, I was like about to adopt a puppy last week. I was so depressed. <laughs> I'm calling dog farms and like, I'm literally about Wait, to go visit. No, no, 
you're serious? Uh, yeah, this is not. <laughs> mo- <laughs> most of the. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were joking. No, That's thir- Thursday evening, I was you know primed and ready to go get my own French bulldog, and they were like, "Just to let you know, sir, before you come over here, this dog is seventy eight hundred dollars." And I was like, seven thousand eight hundred. And they go, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna walk in another time." <laughs> I called my friend Alicia yeah. and I was like, you just got a French bulldog. You didn't tell me that these things were like, a, you know, a used car on a car lot. <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, oh, man, there's this beautiful little French bulldog at work that has just captured my heart and soul. Yeah. And it would be the perfect, like, uh, just cozy up lap dog, small apartment type situation. Like, it's not trying to go run with you like a pit bull or anything. I mean, can you put a price on that? No, but they can, <laughs> and they did, and it's seventy eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. So well, I I'm sorry, man. So somebody was telling me like just go to the pound, and I was like, yeah, but you know that old dog's been through some stuff. It might <laughs> flinch or wince when I walk Aww. up on it. Like my my um, granny has a, historically just adopted these pets that hate <laughs> men. They hate everyone but her essentially, and they're literally <laughs> living hell to live with. Yeah, I, you know, whenever I get a dog, it's like I want it to be cordial to everyone else, but it does, you know, it, there does need to be a distinction like between it going up to others and whenever it goes up to me, you know. Well, there's some dogs that are literally just trained like my front paws must treat your balls like a speed bag, <laughs> like whether they're jumping on your lap, whether yeah. they're greeting you at the door, their mission is to ruin your package, just <laughs> mess just, up that manhood. Yeah, I mean, and it hurts. It's not like I can't tell you how many times I'm walking into a friend's house and I'm doubled over like, hey, dog. And it's just like I'm wincing. That's why that's why you don't get a medium sized dog. You get the ones that can reach your shins or the ones that can reach your chest. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see that? uh, The the guy that posted the poodle pic where he's like posing in the mirror and he's like seven months later and the dog was like his size. Huge. Yeah. Do you see that? It had like one million likes on. Yeah. I don't think I'd seen the one million like barrier or line in forever in a while it's crazy yeah that was making the rounds on on twitter this week oh yeah yeah i think i think that's where i saw it um okay so what'd you end up doing for the four (laughs) (laughs) i thought i thought you texted me saying something was going on but i guess yeah all that stuff i texted you did not happen (laughs) (laughs) okay okay. all right so uh yeah the fourth was just like it was um it was depressing because like Sometimes you had to remind yourself, oh, I guess we're still in a pandemic, like all this. A lot of people are still socially distancing out of real precaution, not mm-hmm. just because they have to because everything's closed. But um, yeah, no, I, we were off Friday. So that means I just worked part of Friday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then I got to the the main redeeming feature of the weekend, uh, the three day weekend was just I got golfing two rounds. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit more later, hopefully. Okay. But the first one I got to go with Jake. Oh, um, nice. We hadn't golfed together in a, a year, and we're getting into this bad cadence of once a year. And historically, he's always wiped the course with my rear. And because he's the real, he's the more natural athlete. Um, and he can shoot competitively, mm. like even rusty, you know, having not swung a club in 11 months, he could still be competitive with me. And I'm playing 36 holes <laughs> a week most of the time. Dang. So we had a great time. We went out to uh, Stewart Peninsula. These folks, totally screwed us like it was funny i had done friday was a very competitive day to play golf because mm-hmm. everybody was off and everybody wanted to play and all the pools are closed and you can't go anywhere so 
we finally narrowed down. I, I literally had to plug in like, I'm willing to go zero to 50 miles for any price for two before three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that's my only parameters. So they, they, and it has to be an 18 hole normal course. So it pulls up Stewart Peninsula, which happens to be in Jake's, you know, new backyard in the colony. Mm-hmm. And um, so we booked the tea time. We show up. First couple holes are kind of short. There's like a par three and then a little par four. And I'm kind of like, what's going on? There's all these different like tee off boxes. And every green is like a double green with a different flag. <laughs> and a couple holes in, we realize it's like a retrofitted nine hole course that mm. They literally have turned into an 18-hole course. Different yardage, different approach shots, different vantage point, everything. But the same general tee box and greens area. So they turned every hole into two holes. Got it. And so it's a par 66. That being said, I shot an 84. All right. Um, I did not play as well as I did on, on Sunday, but um, had a great time with Jake. Got to go see his new house that he and his wife Liz built up in the colony. And then Saturday was 4th of July. And nothing happened. Yeah. Um, you know, closer to the fireworks time, I texted you that some of our friends were going to have a, a rooftop with some, you know, sparklers and mm-hmm. watch the fireworks and all of that. And um, so getting closer to where, when you would think the fireworks would be going down, you know, nightfall, I was like Googling because I was seeing that a lot of them were canceled. Yeah, a lot of places. And I wanted to see, oh, where are they firing off Dallas's main show? And um, so then I come to find out, like, it looked like the main sanctioned fireworks display was by the Texas Stadium mm-hmm. and Rangers Ballpark in Arlington. And you were supposed to distance in, like, these parking lots uh, mm-hmm. or from home or whatever. You couldn't go into parks and different things like this. So I'm, like, texting the group, and I, I realized that the Clyde Warren Park fireworks show display that I thought was going off, there was a little disclaimer that just said, no actual fireworks are being fired off. On July 4th, this is a pre-recorded event that you can catch on CBS 11. And I was like, what? Who do you? Th- Why would you watch tune that? In? Like, we're not going to fireworks for fireworks. We're going to see our friends and like ha- salvage the holiday somewhat. Well, cause... even if you are doing fireworks for fireworks, like who wants to watch an old videotaping of it? Yeah. Anyway, that's lame. So I'm texting the group and I'm like, um, uh, are we sure that this is happening? I'm confused. And then it didn't matter because the host never responded anyway. <laughs> so we just didn't do anything. Uh, I went to bed and just cried myself to sleep. Watched a little bit of TLC. Dang. Um, um, the 90 days. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. You know, you 90, know. 90 day fiance. 90 day fiance. That and I've been, I've watched every comedian from every Washington White House correspondence dinner mm. from 2012 to present. Oh, wow. um, watched all of Obama's rebuttals and all of that, like just random stuff. Slick. Like I've watched all the Oscars monologues recently, okay. Golden Globes, like just been kind of into that comedian at live event mm-hmm. type vibe for sure. <laughs> but also like timestamps because every year at the Golden Globes, you know, oh, it's the Golden Globes, like a year has passed. And sometimes it's those things in this news cycle where one year feels like 20 years. Mm-hmm those staple institution events that are now being canceled are always uh, wayfinding and signage on our, on our accounting or retelling of our own time spent in our lives. Like yeah. state fair of Texas rolls around. You're like, Oh wow, it's been a year. I can't believe it's already the state fair time. Guess what? You don't have to no have that reminder this year. Perfect. So 4th of July, you know, I'm 30 in 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, 
you get weird about these. Like yeah. you're like, you're always going to remember how you spent it on different times. And, um, you realize you only got 50 left. And so big holidays, big federal holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You're like, I want to do this something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, rents were gone visiting my sister. Friends were all off doing separate things. And so it sucked. I'm sorry, bro. But then, oh, but then I woke up Sunday <laughs> and uh, ended up going to my home course, Tennyson Glen. And son, I shot in the 80s on a real 7,500 yard par 72 course. Well, I had done. my best. I made I, I shot 44 going out and then I shot a 45 coming in. I had like like 15 or 16 bogeys uh a double and two or three pars mm-hmm. uh but just literally 14 of 18 fairways i was hitting the green i figured out my irons and also <laughs> even more amazingly mm-hmm. i took out my bridgestone ball at the beginning of the round then i put that ball back in the bag after the 18th hole which i parred uh never lost a ball the entire round wow that's only happened once in my 18 month amateur career well there you go man that's so i'm currently picturing i'm picturing like a rocky <laughs> montage you know how he's like been in the gym, like hitting punching bags and you know running down the street and stuff except i'm picturing you like looking at french bulldogs and crying <laughs> watching, watching comedians and you know there's no fireworks or anything and then that's what gets you pumped and like you just rip on those balls yeah i'm like a medium-sized dog (laughs) (laughs) oh man well that's good congratulations man i'm sure that felt great it was dope and i just figured it out i just play golf like an old man and it works for me and so i'm like just trap i'm texting all my golf buddies Mm -hmm. like just trash talking like two rounds in the 80s what yeah like didn't think i could do it on a par 72 and then i did i was just super excited because i didn't make any mistakes really mm-hmm. like i i hit i played through like three groups that were I, I walked also i walked six and a half miles from 12 to three Dang. um 18 holes two hours and 45 minutes and shot an 89 and um you know kept trucking which that's hard to do in 100 degree heat. sure and so every time i do that and just log my six and a half miles if i can do that several times in a week that's when my body feels best looks best yeah because I'm losing massive amounts of water in that yeah, situation. Definitely, like, definitely. I wear old clothes, like because you sweat through. Um, but yeah, that was super rewarding, and that was it. So I had a great holiday by myself and Jake. <laughs> well, that's good, man. What about you? Um, let's see. Fourth of July, I went over to Courtney's parents' house. We went swimming, and um, they grilled some hamburgers and hot dogs and um they kind of live out in the country where they just kind of shoot their fireworks off in their backyard and front yard and so courtney's dad had this huge uh barrel and just uh there was spray painted tnt on it and he just shoved like a bunch of fireworks in and and lit them and they were going sideways and everything so that was entertaining um and then they had big fireworks that we did out front and um to do that and so I, I spent fourth of july with her family and then sunday uh the fifth the day before my birthday um i got together with my family and courtney's family and like my nana came to lunch and so did courtney's grandparents and so that was nice for courtney's parents and grandparents to meet uh my nana because they hadn't met before 
And uh, yeah, it was just nice having everybody there. We just went out to brunch, Burleson Brunch House, which is delicious. Um, and then I just chilled with Courtney the rest of the day. And my birthday rolled around. I One of my classes got canceled, so I just chilled for a little bit and then took a class. And then there's this uh, Thai food place in Fort Worth called Spice. And Courtney had been talking about it. And so I finally went, I wanted to go try it. And so I did that. Uh, it was delicious. And um, then we went to REI, which I've talked about before, which is my favorite store. And got a shirt and something else. I can't remember. And then... Are you just going to leave out who you ran into at lunch? Oh, I, that totally skipped my mind. So, uh, hey, Tots, y'all know how last <laughs> week. Um, oh, man, this is... Okay, so last week I, I gave you all that blackjack story, right? Um, well, lo and behold, guess who I run into for the first time in like six years? At Spice? No, at the brunch house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he rolls up with a couple of my, uh, you know, you know, the other professors and everything that were there. Um, and yeah, so when we went up and, uh, wait, you still haven't said who it was. Oh, well it was the, I said the blackjack story. It was the professor that, you know, passed me because I won blackjack (laughs) (laughs) sitting with my major professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so your major professor, his wife was there and she was the one that I was chatting with the most. Um, she took us on like our, fre- our college freshman ski trip because um, I had taken a snowboarding class as an extracurricular. Um, and then, you know, I just see her around and everything. So she's lovely. Love her to death. Um, the professor in which I won blackjack, he, he just kind of smiled and nodded. He, we, we didn't uh, really exchange many words. So, I, uh, you know, maybe maybe he regrets uh, <laughs> that round of blackjack. This surprised me because I, I get a text did... from Brad and it's an image of both of the professors and the wife like over his shoulder at lunch or whatever. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then I was kind of surprised because I'm like, did like you... what are the odds? Like that is crazy that I've not I've not seen him since 2014. And the week after, like less than a week after I talk about him, we bump into him. So that just blew my mind. But anyway, maybe I was just surprised. Like maybe I projected my relationship with him onto you and just assumed that he was that way with everybody. But it didn't seem like the fact that you guys didn't exchange a whole lot of words at the uh, the lunch was kind of surprising to me. Like maybe were you guys not real tight or not really? Um, See, that just seems like strange to me because granted, I've gone to Italy with that guy. Yeah. Like I've basically lived with that man for weeks on end in other countries. Like he, I was in his honors program for years, but I was very affectionate of him and mm-hmm. my major professor. I don't know why we're not naming them because we named them Mendenhall, last week. Yeah. Mendenhall and Woolley, who were like the two reasons why you would want to stay at a Southwestern right. in any of the liberal arts programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just very fond and I saw him last year um, in 2000. 19 in i guess it was probably may um i think i saw him the day my granddaddy died okay because he came up to the uh the nursing home or the um uh cta mm-hmm. cte um and uh we caught up for a little while but you know he's he's very interested in you as a student and your mm-hmm. progression when you're under his tutelage and then he very much doesn't bug you <laughs> after you graduate and move on yeah and it almost i i remember almost wanting to foster a, a more close relationship with both Wooly and Mendenhall post-graduation because mm-hmm. I'm like, to me, 
making it is like the need to make it and report back is part of my DNA. Like, I feel like I want to keep my parents surprised. I want to keep teachers and, you know, professors that molded yeah, me sure. in some way. I'm like, I really want you to see some ROI. Like, mm -hmm. I want to make a big name and I want you to be able to say, oh, I, I taught that guy and he right. was just a little dip crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for me, um, I never had that much of a relationship with him. I, I know that, you know, he did show interest and like i remember talking about this one book that i really liked and uh this was like in a freshman or sophomore class and i was like i don't know he had to share our favorite books and i was like this is mine it was i am the messenger by marcus zusak uh, he also wrote the more popular uh the book thief anyway i had mentioned to him that um you know none of my friends had read it and it's like man I, I wish i could talk about this book and i remember like during the summer he had written me a letter and like a response of of his opinion on the book and everything and i thought that was really cool but maybe i like i'm looking back on why he wouldn't have uh talked with me more and i'm like ah maybe i just didn't give the response that he wanted but i, I was appreciative of it and then i was also kind of a slacker of a student like I wasn't the best student. I, I was more than capable. Oh, that explains everything then. Yeah. He does like, not caught into that at all. Right. And so I like I would have lunch with him sometimes like whenever you were around and I know he really liked like Monique Gaskins and um like some of my close Honor friends. Students. Right. <laughs> and so I think I think he uh cared about me and like, you know, he he tried to shape me a certain way, but because I was, you know, I, I just did the bare minimum to squeak by so I could hang out and not do other stuff. I, that, I'm assuming that if, if there was a rift in our relationship, that that would be why. Enough said. Yeah. I, that That's 100% what happened. <laughs> Got it. Because <laughs> I'll never forget, like, him sitting me down after my first semester and he was like, now, Carson, I know that you're in love. But if you make another C, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> like yeah. I made two C's my freshman or I transferred some credits in. But my first semester at SWU, I, uh, I got two C's and mm -hmm. I never got another C because you had to maintain three six to be in honors. And I wanted to travel with honors. Uh, and, and honestly, like some of the, the people in honors were like Sarah Osborne and Casey oh, yeah. Lopez and like Monique Gaskins and just people that like. You kind of wanted to talk to sure um i did anyway so but he he was not having it and i yeah. remember feeling that displeasure and i felt it from my parents as well um because they were like i mean it's not gonna happen yeah Th that doesn't happen so never got another one graduated 367 son well done but you you have to i think maybe for him to want to foster that yeah that relationship you gotta put yeah, in some I, put in the I effort understand. no hard feelings <laughs> um Dr. Woolley, if you ever listen to this, I, I currently have a 90, as of today, I have a 98 and above in all three of my master's classes. So I, I'm putting in the work now. Uh, not that it means anything, but. The, the funny part is that even for honor students, I think that they probably keep tabs from afar. And, and Bob, now Bob will post on your wall on Facebook on your birthday. And some years you get an I'm. I'm really proud of you. And it's like, oh, nice. it shatters your world. Like I've, I've See, literally commented on other comm students walls when they got the, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Whoa, I'm crying, bro. This yeah. is crazy. <laughs> I get that from Bev, which uh, his wife, um, 
because I had more of a relationship with her. I never took any classes from Bob. So I think uh, of most mainstream uh, has more of a relationship with Bev than with Bob because she's yeah. so outgoing and warm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she just over overpowers him as far yeah. as that goes. But I used to like to go to coffee with uh, Bob and Andy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I don't know. I Anyway. I think they just reminded me of my family in certain ways, but... Yeah. That, that was crazy that that happened. Yeah, so there's the brunch house, of, like, what, four or five days after Shout we recorded? Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Um, Brad's, like, crapping his pants. Like, I was like, do you think that he... Are you saying that you think he <laughs> listens to the podcast? Or, like... You no, see- I don't I don't think he listened, but I... It was just cosmic know, It was just... You. Yeah, it was just uh, a little reserved. So, anyway. Hey, if y'all listen to the podcast, shout out. <laughs> yeah, for real. We love y'all. Truly. Um, yeah, so my birthday was good. Obviously, you know, uh, we're going to get together uh, with all of the friends this Saturday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Heck yeah, baby. We all getting the COVID. <laughs> Can't wait. No, we're doing it responsibly. We're all going to quarantine together, too, in a bubble. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Um, but there you go. So I'll have an update on that next week. But uh, <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I've been taking my classes. I will say last week I was hating on the conference for um, still doing the teacher convention. That is now as of Sunday, that <laughs> is now a digital <laughs> conference. I, a lot of times I just feel like we uh, predict what's going on in the world, man. I think we're pretty good at that. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Again, like we've said stuff before, like Joe Rogan, like your favorite Joe Rogan and my favorite Joe Budden. Like we've yeah. been on top of it before they've even called it. Well, we're we're chosen. You know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we're we're blessed. And gifted, truly, but... truly. Yep. No, I'm, I'm not going to argue it. No, I'm not. I we I think that uh, we, we have insights. We read between lines. I don't mm-hmm. know. We surround ourselves with cool people, sure. uh, intelligent people. But anyway. The conference, yeah, that's we, um, digital. So I'll be in off. I'll be in Idaho. Um, that's where we're going because we were. I was originally going to Florida with Courtney's family, um, but now we're going to Idaho. We're going to take a jet out there and uh, chill and go four wheeling and fishing and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then as soon as I get back, so I currently have a plane ticket to fly back. Um, while the rest, you know, Courtney's family, they're driving. Um, but now that it's a digital conference, I, I I need like a schedule of it because I would like to take that road trip back with them because they're going to make several stops. Um, but if not, you know, it is what it is, but yep. Texas conference is now digital. (laughs) We, we've got the dot com. That's great. Yeah. Go to wannabeanatomist.com. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So that's that's really been my week. Uh, just classes. I've, I've stayed up yesterday and wrote two papers. I have a presentation coming up next week, and then another one the week after, and then I'm pretty much done. Um. So yeah, just gearing up for that. Nice. Well, I mean, you should be able to get a MiFi or. If you're getting a hotel room on some of these trips back, you can just yeah, access Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's just like they're going to want to go out and, like, a, and explore in a couple places. Like I think they want to go to Utah and a, a few other states and like be out in the wilderness. And so I don't want them to have to plan their road trip around me and my schedule. Like I know that you they... just w- stay in the hotel while they do that. Well, that, I'm saying like 
I don't know. It, de- it depends on how they map out the road trip back, honestly. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, what I've it hasn't found, been ruled out, but what I've found in this uh, this new startup world, um, you know, my, my last startup, we we were always remote, but and you could do what you needed to do, but we didn't have like a big team. And this one, we have we interviewed another team member this mm-hmm. week, um, introduced her on a on a social actually, oh, wow. which was an interesting way to mingle as a group and get to know somebody yeah. other than Zoom, obviously. And so we're growing. And uh, it's just interesting, like, we'll just kind of check in and we have our team meetings and it'll be like, hey, I'm going to go surprise my mom for her birthday next week in North Carolina or New York. And so I might be out of pocket Tuesday night, but <laughs> it's like you you kind of and it's like, OK, well, let us know if you want to take a day because really you can just travel around and do the job from anywhere. So yeah. I've definitely been thinking, thinking along those lines and discussing some ideas with some friends and I pitched people on. Airbnb in Mexico, all powered up with Wi-Fi, and just get to stay a weekend or two. And I don't know, man. Um, it's a, a brand new world that we're in. But going back to what you were saying about predicting the future, I think it's just again we, we've talked in the past about who would have thought that September 28 of 2019 would have been an opportune time to start a weekly check-in podcast, yeah. knowing the world that we were going into. And I think that. Like I was seeing new news about Bubba Wallace this week mm-hmm. and all these different things that it's like, I'm not going to circle back and correct everything that I've ever said that was wrong on this show. But uh, I also think like, what have I said that yeah. is now wrong? Or like, it was totally, I try not to comment too hard on things that could get me in trouble based on <laughs> shifting evidence the next week, but right. then we do. And yeah. it's sometimes the entire world is fooled, like in some of these cases. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been a, the the bottom we've not found rock bottom and um you know state fair of texas getting canceled mm. not even a not even on my top 10 radar like yeah. who who cares compared to everything else that we've lost in this time period right jake and liz canceled a trip to hawaii last week you yeah. know like you canceled a florida trip yeah people I'm, have gotten married in backyards well i was about to say we ju- we gave monique gaskins a shout out but her and her fiance are now like i'll be attending their wedding via zoom my goodness yeah because th- theirs is in august and i was going to fly out and go but yeah it, um it's crazy uh we we definitely picked an interesting time to start this podcast and um even throughout COVID, you know we kind of joked like well the news is gonna kind of die down but it certainly hasn't um if for better or worse I'd say worse. worse. <laughs> I'd say worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, yeah, August is around the corner. Like that's the, that's the other issue. Like I feel like all these people that have weddings in September, October, November, December, or honeymoons or mm-hmm. big plans, whatever's going on. Well, it's like now that's in question too. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are still trying to keep up with their personal lives. So like, it's kind of this balancing act of how do you maintain like your personal goals or like all the things that you've been wanting to do in the midst of all this going around, you know, it's a huge paradigm shift that we've all, all these things that we went to conferences, teacher mm-hmm. conferences, work in person, like uh trap, like so much of this has been distilled down to email, to zoom, to phone. And you, what was your life? What were your life parameters? What were the guideposts that you were devoted to that you wanted to remain devoted to? And this is something I've always struggled with because my work calendar dictates my calendar. Mm-hmm. Like what time I need to be up is contingent on work. Yeah. And 
the atomic habits that I was surrounding and, and atomic habits, I was caught up on that, but really it can be pastimes. It can be projects. And I, I'm, I, I'm glad that I've realized this because I've been burned in the past where I was so overburdened and I had to quit that job and it was all in or nothing. And mm-hmm. that job dictated whether I had a weekend or not and blah, blah, blah. And then that job goes away and suddenly you're like, Oh, I have nothing else in my life that I've been investing in. Like my calendar is wide open, (laughs) but my friend's readiness to answer my phone call based on the flakiness that I demonstrated due to that job and its prioritization of my life, maybe they're less prone to suddenly be so available. Wow. It's like you really, it's funny. Like I'm very burn the candle at both ends and, you know, go after this one thing. And I've got one big thing. Like it's always been make that money, get Mm -hmm. that name, like do what is going to create that legacy for you. And you don't always know in your twenties, if your name is Carson, that that legacy has a bunch of different components that you need to be fueling and reaping, sowing what you reap, you know, or sowing so you can reap whatever you get it. Um, a field (laughs) reaping what you sow. Jeez, Louise, a field left unplowed is an unplowed field. (laughs) All right. So what I'm most proud of over the last year with going from a a different work style, a three and a half years working remote to a a very intense big boy position. This is the big boy job of my life thus far. Yeah. And it is it requires leveling up. And I specifically said to you. And to myself and to other people, I am not going to quit the other projects that are giving me return on energy at yes. the moment, which was golfing and podcast. Yeah, because we did have that conversation whenever you got the job of, you know, we may have to shift days or, um, but yeah, no, we've definitely both kept the schedule of, but of we, this podcast. we felt the strain in January and February when it would get dark at five o'clock yeah. and you weren't even... I wasn't even available to get home until six, maybe. Right. And then we would record until nine or 10. And then you would go home through blizzards and rain and <laughs> cold. And, yeah. you know, you were, I was coming down to Keene sometimes to mm-hmm. record in your office before like, you had like, like these basketball midnight game based or... basketball games. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you would work out like, and had we made all of our future decisions based off that four week period, eight week period, mm-hmm. time is relative. The whole world has changed since then. Yeah. And so many of the daily goalposts that you're um, kicking your ball through, <laughs> get get up, shower, work out, go to work. This episode is sponsored by Spalding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, that's going to be the recurring. Yeah, Wilson. I relish that joke. <laughs> no, the whole point being We're that. talking balls, people. If your gym closed, your work won't let you come into the, the four walls of the building uh, there's no daycare to pick your kid up from. What is keeping you sane at the moment? And now that we have this new realization, I've had a lot of clients reporting. I talked to a lot of people in HR. Mm-hmm. Dude, a lot of our people are figuring out who they really are and they're going for it. That's awesome. John and I have a cop friend in Carrollton that quit and is moving to Mexico with his girl. My man. Like baller lifestyle. People are doing it right now. Yeah. People are taking early retirement right now. Because they're like, screw this. I'm going to go finally do that pottery. I'm mm-hmm. going to finally go cliff jumping or whatever is going on. Yeah. And the whole flight to the wilderness, like your desire to go to Utah and Idaho and all. Dude, we're all right there. Like mm-hmm. uh, Heston and the family have been here, there and yawn during this whole time period. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I've seen him And traveling. the people that have that um, flexibility and, and luxury, 
man, get to the mountains. Like yeah. it's the only thing to do right now. Yeah. All the fireworks apparently that I heard in Dallas and saw shot across L- LA. Do uh-huh. you see that video yeah. where it's like all criminal fireworks and they yeah. lit the night sky? Yeah. How funny. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. What what is going on? And we still find time to make the Washington Redskins change their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I heard yeah. a really interesting rant on that from Schultz and Akash. The okay. Guys I showed you last week. Hit me. Um they were like you never put like the bad person or like you never put the people that you're trying to currently frame as a bad narrative as the team. Like it could have been, mm-hmm. they, they were making the point. I bet back in the day, white liberals made it the Atlanta Braves and yeah. the Washington Redskins. Cause they made the point. Like there is no team like the Detroit Nazis, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. I also, find it interesting because i've heard this perspective of like okay well are we also going to change the raiders and the vikings who would go around pillaging and raping mm-hmm. you know so it's like that's another thing man like where do we draw the line and i don't know i've i've heard um i don't know i've heard like many many uh indian families who who could have been offended by the Redskins name, but a lot of them are like, we don't care. Um, and maybe that's just what I've seen being on, on Twitter. And that's the narrative that's being pushed or whatever, but I haven't seen too many people that actually, you know, could be called a Redskin by someone, um, being super offended. Yeah. And I don't even think that if you were to insult a native American based on real stereotypes, Redskin isn't even top 10, you know what I mean? Like you would never, it's not a racial epithet that you would throw around like with any type of, it just doesn't even make sense. I'm not defending it or, or attacking it, but Schultz was making the exact same point that he's like, I I challenge, he was kind of doing the the thing with blackface. Um, Mm -hmm. He was like, I challenge, like, if there is a Native American, maybe listening to this, he's like in Tempe, Arizona. (laughs) He said, um, you know, holler at me and let me know if you're really offended by this. Or is it the fact, if if you think that the fact that a team's name is the Redskins, when we pretty much killed all of them, like, he, he was making the point, he's like, I'd like to have a conversation with a couple of of native americans but i've never seen two of them yeah, standing next to each other yeah you know is, is the bigger issue that we've relegated them to reservations and you know yes that is the bigger issue and killed all their people and took all their land and yeah they were making the point about what about all the street names like you know just that are based on native american heritage or culture and mm-hmm. what was the original thinking when naming those different things like sports teams or a street it's like we're going to take your land and then make you walk on the street that reminds you that it was yours at one point like you know was but history repeats itself and turns itself inside out when he Mm -hmm. made the point that it could have been a liberal white person saying we need maybe the the team names were cleveland indians cleveland uh, miners Mm -hmm. cleveland um uh, vikings like all different stereotypes or you know groups of people if you will that would face adversity for whatever reason like they're in 20 years they're going to be stripping these teams of like any reference to mining or you know natural right you these people used to rob the earth of its minerals like you know what i mean yep (laughs) yeah i'm yeah uh but you don't name teams for for losing tribe like there is no 
Tennessee Confederates. Like, right. So the, they were making the point that if you were to name somebody something, like it's to say, you know, we're the formidable group that's going to come in and win the game. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the Braves or the Indians or the Blackhawks in, in Chicago, yeah. uh, NHL, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of inferences there that, it's just it's fascinating, and FedEx is the one that really upped the ante and forced this conversation again, because they have naming rights to the field. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're the major sponsor for the yeah. Washington and they, Redskins. They talked about pulling out and not being a sponsor uh, if they if they didn't change the name. They, they were issued a public challenge yeah. essentially, which is yeah, the Redskins uh, owner. You know, he was always like, oh, we're not we're never going to change the name like we're going to keep it. And then as soon as the money's being pulled out from under him, he's like, oh, I think we might consider changing it. Um, so that's been interesting. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just. People people have made comments that sometimes you have things put into place to remind you that times were not always this great um, right. or this equal. And if you can turn some of these things into that learning opportunity, but, you know, stripping all of this away, I don't want us to lose sight of like just how rotten humanity has been up until this point. Like, yeah. you know, the first thousand years of recorded history were just warring and like. You know, we don't talk about Genghis Khan as a bad guy. You know, we we uh, do like in, inspirations of him in movies, and yeah. we we write about him, and we we revere Genghis Khan as a strategic leader and visionary in a way that you could not do with Hitler in good mm-hmm. taste. Right. Even though, you know, they both ki- like Genghis Khan is rumored to have killed upwards of like a hundred million people yeah. like he changed the carbon footprint of the world and vast amounts of us have originated from his seed in one way or another because he yeah. sired so many generations yep yeah that, ah, man we always get on the topic of uh cancel culture and like what is acceptable and what's not um i saw something and- today cancel canceling cancel culture yeah um so there's there's this uh letter that was written and signed by a bunch of different authors um and yeah i was basically saying like we need to be able to come together and like have differences of opinion and be able to it's kind of like what we've talked about in the past like okay well just because we don't agree on these issues, like we can have this discussion, share our perspectives. Even if we don't change, we can still walk away and be cool. Um, and that's obviously this letter was written more eloquently than that. But um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. But I don't want. Yeah, one of the things that I think this podcast, this this conversation between the two of us and and with the audience as well is is teaching me is that there aren't really. Anybody that is very married to a viewpoint or a side or a stance is not somebody I'm aligned with. Like you need to be pretty, pretty pliable in those areas. Like mm-hmm. I am not married to any of these ideas. Um, there's very few things like, do I believe that capitalism ends up being the best system for humans? Yes, I do. You know, do, mm-hmm. there are certain core tenets or foundational things that I'm going to 
kind of adhere to as, as best practice. Sure. Um, but you know, you just, I'm not married to any of these viewpoints and anybody that is so married to one side, it's just kind of like, okay, we, I think that this, this conversation has taught me that you can kind of speak about these things. And then I guess what we tried to do is like prioritize it in the grand scheme of the issues mm-hmm. that we know need to be worked through and kind of like a Maslow's hierarchy and, yep. um, just a priority ladder. And, you know, if you're yelling too loud about something at the bottom of the priority ladder, Hey, focus up top. We <laughs> yeah, got work down. to do. Um, so it just, I'm not really taking viewpoints or sides in a lot of this. It's just kind of like a, huh? Yeah. You just comment on it. And, um, that's the luxury of just kind of color commentating, I guess, but, Yep. Um, we haven't been canceled yet, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see our parents try to cancel us. <laughs> like, go to your room. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, want to keep it football? Sure. You hear oh. any big news this week? <laughs> big news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about my homie getting, yeah. Our 500, boy, 500 Mahomes signed his life away for the next 10 years. Um, wouldn't you for, yeah 503 million making it the biggest payout in sports history yeah but man did can you think of anybody else that has a more compelling case like absolutely he's not, even, not he's he's not even brady in terms of like oh i orchestrate a super bowl winning offense like that arm yeah, he's, just watching him visually play you're like I want to give this guy $500 million. Like, yeah. So compelling. Um, I was reading his contract today and, uh, his thoughts on it. And Mahomes is quoted saying, um, I still don't think I'm allowed to like play basketball. I'm sure baseball is not going to be be allowed as well. I know there's a lot of things I'm not allowed to do. They have like everything from jet skiing too. I don't know what all the things are. I read a lot of them. It's pretty much every physical activity you could possibly do. I'll probably be sticking with football and video games for now. Oh, that sucks. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but basically, you know, they're like, if we're going to sign you for this long and pay you this much money, like that's the only thing you're going to be doing. Show me a paid man that hasn't been <laughs> grinning on a jet ski recently. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he had like a... Hun- even if he gets injured, it's still a like 100 mil, 100 something mil payout. Um, and it's also a no, tr- there's like a no trade clause. So he can't get traded. Wow. It's a great deal. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, you'd I, like to get paid $50 million a year. I knew I should have went to public school and played <laughs> <laughs> tackle football instead of flag. <laughs> uh, oh, buddy. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe my joints wouldn't be popping every rep if I had been on the on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is becoming science fiction all of a sudden. <laughs> science, nah, come look at me, dude. He's crazy, man. And that uh, he's been with that same girl since he was like 10 yeah, years old. She lucked out. Oh, wow. Wow. Did, did she not? Who's to say that he would be the Super he, Bowl winning quarterback he, of the Kansas City Chiefs without her grounding in his life, I mean, Brad? he probably lucked out as well. I'm not taking that away from her. No, she got paid. Yeah, she lucked out. Um, what does she do for a living? Would you do, mind, do any of us know? Would you, would you mind looking that up? Sure. Um, it's probably one of those top. It's probably like Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend's swimsuit, Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend <laughs> net worth. Yeah. <laughs> top searches. <laughs> she's probably a stay-at-home mom but they don't have kids 
I don't know. She's in his uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart commercial. <laughs> <laughs> True, I forgot about that. And then it looked like they'd broken up because he was in one solo. But I saw a picture then the other day. Uh, our old buddy Jamel had posted one just saying how lucky she was, and it was like a picture of her with him in braces, like back in like the early '90s or something crazy. Um, let's see. She was the high school soccer player and cheerleader. She cheered him on at games. Look at her. After college, she went pro for an Icelandic team. Um, for a, what? For a year before starting her own personal training business. I guess as a cheerleader. Is that? Yo, ain't no such thing as a professional cheerleader. <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. She went on to play soccer. There you go. At UT Tyler, and then she was on the Icelandic team. Um, Talk about a culture shift. Yep. They have two dogs, steel and silver. So, yeah, she has her own personal training business. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. They both lucked out. Good for him. He's a he's a legend. They- and he's a really good guy too. Yeah. Like he's like a quality human being. Um, that's cool to see Kansas city do that. He is just a, it's so electrifying and fun to watch him play. Uh, he is, we, we talked about like every, every week of the NFL postseason last week, it was like, did you see Mahomes? Like he made it so fun. Just yeah. crazy. Now they're saying, I guess Dak got the, the franchise one season thing, but was already seeing speculation like what does that mean for him and i'm like mm-hmm. you know if i had to choose dak or mahomes I'm going mahomes oh yeah okay easily i didn't know if that was no i mean i think dak is a great quarterback but you'd be out of your mind not to pick mahomes did you see the other nfl news maybe what was it so i forget who it was um somebody posted something to do with black lives matter and ended up being labeled anti-semitic oh yeah they posted like a uh fake quote from Hitler. Yeah. That's what or it was. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a real quote. Yeah. But. Um, it, it was something to do with like essentially espousing, if I can paraphrase this, that the Jews are the fake chosen people and that the real sons of Israel are, you know, black people. And that, you know, this is like a big swap or something and like i, I don't know maybe but, i don't know enough about it but yeah he i did see him uh, get ripped yeah it's it's weird though like historically uh jewish people have been one of the most um you know disenfranchised groups in terms of their treatment from other other groups and i don't it seems so weird as to why in many ways but um right now there, you know that there's there's a racial priority ladder of who of differing differing grades of of repercussion. Yeah. So if you do something against the Jews right now, it is not as as publicly um, bad ultimately as doing something against the African American community at the moment. Sure. And I feel like it's kind of been that way. Sometimes I feel almost indignant for Jewish people in that certain atrocities happen to them and it's like weekend news. And then we kind of forget about it. And it's like, Oh, but you know, yeah. we, we make a joke about being an agent or rubbing two penny, like stupid yeah. things that are stereotypes. And, you know, it, it's kind of weird. It's maybe it's because a lot of them have white privilege, I guess you could say that they're, do you get where I'm going with this? No, I, Yeah, I, I, I do You're rescue I, me. <laughs> well, I just don't know. I, enough about their 
current plight like i know history has not been kind to them but as far as like right now i don't really know what the climate is so i don't feel comfortable like speaking a whole lot on it well there's always been this undercurrent of um just people's words and like oh you know if i don't know people know if you're jewish and sure people say yeah yeah i mean there there are general stereotypes yes there's also been in the last several years, violence against Jewish people. Like there was a synagogue in, in Philadelphia area that was shot up, um, hate crime, but you know, same thing in South Carolina with the black church several years ago. And that one was just one of the most atrocious things in recorded history Mm -hmm. in modern history. The fact that he prayed with them first before killing them. Um, and, and really, I'm not dismissing racism in any of these situations, but more than anything, what I see are broken people. Like nobody goes and prays with somebody and then kills them due to the color of their skin. If they are not, if, if society hasn't cast them out, like you can't point me to a, an example with like a loving mother and father and a solid grounding, like something had to have happened to some of these people, you know, life had to spit them up and chew them up. Maybe. I, I think it can also just come from like too, like almost too loving where they were like really coddled and there were like these restrictions because people did really care about them. Like I've heard of people like that snapping as well. Um, I see that more for like ahead. partying or acting out sexually. If uh, you come yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about the extremes. I'm not saying that that happens regularly, um, but I don't know. I, I, I do struggle with that. And it's like, man, maybe you you could have prevented something by, by giving them a better life. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm under the impression that like people are just not everyone, but some people just have it in them from the get go that, that they're, I don't know. I mean, DNA plays some role in in some of this stuff. Um, You can be a bad egg um, for sure, so to speak, but I also just think that, you know, if given the proper environment and nurture, a lot of this stuff doesn't have to happen. Sure. And, um, you know, if we could just if we could just get it right moving forward, I mean, every new human born is born into a good situation with proper care and nourishment, and nurture and education. And I mean, if we could just get it right for a generation, the world would be different forever. But it's hard to know where to direct your attention at the moment just because yeah. the There's hospitals so are full of COVID patients. There's violence in the streets. I saw this horrifying video of like a car running into protesters the other day mm-hmm. and shows are still getting canceled. People are getting canceled. Yeah, There's nooses being discovered or maybe not. We don't know. Fake news. Like who knows what to think about? I mean, Trump is just his Twitter the other day. Like he must have been on the toilet for like seven hours straight. Cause yeah. it was like, yo bro, like you are upping the ante at the moment. Right. Like you are, I mean, he's just done some really dumb things recently. That is correct. Just um, some really just, wow. Like, what are you thinking? Um, I don't know, but if, if we're going to slide into the presidency and not to, I mean, there are jokes to be made. Well, we got a lot to talk about with potential presidents. Correct. And that's that's what I'm kind of getting at. And I know we're kind of taking a serious tone and I don't want to take away from that. But, <laughs> just, I mean, Kanye running for president, like, 
and it's like a real. I saw the tweet. It's a real. And then I Elon saw the news Musk. articles. But really, Elon Musk backing him. You you see him tweeting on the Fourth of July and saying, "I'm running for president." Hashtag 2020 vision, and yeah. we're like, "Oh, this term." I thought he was with Trump. Yeah. And then Elon tweets. You know, Elon also has tweeted red wine and a little bit of Ambien. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, right. like he has made shareholders like lose share value <laughs> yeah. due to his tweets due to smoking weed on rogan you know he likes to get loose from time to time late yeah. at night he's a creative visionary running on fumes he tweets back you have my full support you could read that as very tongue-in-cheek well i think because they also just posted a picture recently of them hanging out but and yo what world are we living in that because you color coordinated an outfit posted a tweet with the cap a short caption that has nothing to do with anything and then a week later you get a vague tweet about running for president and the other person reply it's just a reply that with what level of authenticity do you address all of your replies and meanwhile the daily mirror two minutes later is like kanye announces bid for u.s president has full backing of elon musk and i'm like you know those words don't they do elon musk knows who he elon musk knows who he himself is and he knows that his words hold something he knows that people are watching him with everything that he tweets i i don't think the tweet was a joke you used to be you had to be a member in good standing of the community you had to have been a senator you had to have like you know had some had some experience and um all of these different things been in the public eye for a while and then gone through these different ballots and sure. petitions and i got this many signatures and now a tweet and a reply sent late at night can change yeah the political well, welcome, landscape in a day thank you seriously thank you trump presidency like you know he started that trend and so is this really happening you think yes 100 percent. okay so Dude, i got i got quotes um let's go let's see so we're voting for kanye <laughs> no we're not voting for I don't, uh, you gonna vote for biden son I don't, i'm gonna vote Yo, Biden, I, I, I going back and watching those White House correspondence dinners, Obama comes out and says, I'm so relaxed recently. Uh, it's with those famous Joe Biden shoulder rubs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this has been a joke in, in Washington for years. So Kanye, he's insisting to Forbes that his run is not a publicity stunt. And he has said he has no issue with the idea that his planned run could potentially take votes away from Democratic nominee Joe Biden and aid in the reelection of Trump. He says, I'm not denying it. I just told you, Wes said, to say that the black vote is democratic is a form of racism and white supremacy. I'm not saying Trump's in my way. He may be part of my way. And Joe Biden? Like, come on, man, please. Uh, the publication also quoted West as saying, you know, Obama's special. Trump's special. We say Kanye West is special. America needs special people that lead. Bill Clinton, special. Joe Biden is not special. That's true. Yeah. So, no, this is the real deal. And the fact that Elon Musk has recently hung out with Kanye. You can't pretend like that conversation didn't come up at the dinner table. And Elon Musk, again, knows who he himself is and that his words hold weight. So, no, he, he like, it's not just a simple tweet. He, he is, he's wholeheartedly supporting Kanye. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. What's the latest on that? Like, where do we um, go from so here? Is there an I guess, official campaign? I guess every morning before school starts, we'll stand at the flag and uh, sing Jesus Walks. <laughs> or uh, Gold Digger. So, 
it, it was reported by U.S. News this morning that, um, or I guess that's just the title, Kanye West says he no longer supports President Trump. Kanye yeah. revealed in an interview with Forbes that he will run for the position of president of the United States under his own party, the birthday party, and he no longer supports President Trump. The Chicago rapper said that he will receive guidance from Elon Musk and his wife, Kim Kardashian West. Yo, huh. first lady, Kim. <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> what world do we the live in? The half-life of the changes that we're experiencing is just too much. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I was born in the eighties, man. Like this, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, he's with the birthday party. So, <laughs> people are stupid, man. Um, kind of going back to the more serious topic, but also this, I, I read a quote while, uh, writing one of my articles this week and it said, we live in the age of information but not the age of understanding, which I definitely feel like holds true. Like we have all of this information at our fingertips. We can really uh, read anything, you know, we, we can obtain most of the knowledge that we want with a click of a button. Um, but as far as our understanding of it, of it goes, and then just like our opinions and everything that's kind of fallen to the wayside. Yeah, man. Everything. I don't even know what to say half the time. Yeah, me neither. Did you hear the the Dixie Chicks lost the Dixie? Oh yeah, and Lady Antebellum lost the Antebellum. Why? Why? What does Antebellum mean? Um, I think it was a type of racist house. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'll look it up to be sure. Makes you wonder why they named themselves that in the first place, doesn't it? Um. Oh, sorry. It means before the war. Uh, maybe I think it was the Dixie chicks. The Dixie was a type of house or something. But antebellum means occurring or existing before a particular war, especially the American Civil War. Um, so, yeah. So they um, have renamed themselves Lady A, but there already is a Lady A who is a black woman. And this black woman <laughs> says... Oh, the irony. Yeah. And now it's like... Um, Lady Antebellum, now Lady A, is suing the original Lady A uh, for the name, which is like, this is extremely counterproductive. Um, well, and, uh, you know, Lady Antebellum was not holding black people down. They just weren't. No. They, they were making music under a moniker that apparently can refer to any war. And even if it did refer to the Civil War, uh most of recorded history is before the Civil War. But this, like, yeah, this goes back to the things that like black people are not asking no, anyone to change. Like no, this is Lady Antebellum themselves, this yeah, and virtue signaling and trying to make this about yourself. Yeah, this, this is really this is uh, white guilt. The ask here is don't kill us when we're unarmed and compliant. Like it's yeah. very basic, and you're over here changing your white name to another white name, infringing on black people's rights legally, and getting your butt sued. Right, lady a hole. Like what in the world? Yeah, it's like okay, so now I have to remember to type in lady a to remember that one. I need you now song that was released. I like just <laughs> need you now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bob, there, there's your son. We we got him singing. So I feel like my end of the deal has been why you're invoking my dad. Oh, <laughs> was he tweeting about? Well, because he said I need to get you on a song. I th I think that's that might be about as close as I can get. So 
Um, I was featured in a, a rap song back in the 2000s called Welcome to Atlanta with Ooh. Jermaine Dupree. Is that right? Yeah, I'm I'm the third verse in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be I'll be listening to that listen. on my way home. Welcome to Dallas, <laughs> where we don't play. All right, we're moving on before this becomes problematic. Um, <laughs> let's see. Following uh, up on your story in Central Park. Um, is I haven't too big of a, a a turn in the conversation. I was about to turn it in a, another completely different direction. So hit me because I don't know what's going on. You remember that? Um, you remember that woman that called on the that guy black that was like man? walking his, or the dog came up to him. The dog came up yeah, to yeah, him yeah. and he was a bird watcher. Sure. Oh, um, she was convicted, right? No, no, no. Oh, so he apparently there's some sort of investigation into her for this. Okay. And um, so I think his name is Chris Cooper, Christopher Cooper, uh, the black man. He is not he is not um, advising or assisting investigators because he says that this woman has already been put through enough because mm. she's lost her job been socially shamed. And um, so shout out to that dude for just taking, sure. taking the higher road and not even worrying about this chick. Cause yeah, moving I mean, on with his life and ultimately, you know, just a good reminder to all of us that we have to be big boys and girls. Now, you know, you're free to say things, you know, you have to live with the repercussions, but you know, words are not, acts of aggression in this country technically like yeah. words are not violence speech is not violence you know it can incite violence but speech in and of itself is free in this country and i don't like what she did she sounds like somebody i would never want to hang out with um but she is a a larger she's a part of a larger group now that's started to be referred to as the karens the karens and now san francisco is trying to pack Past the Karen Act. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, that's hilarious. C A R E N. Oh. The Karen Act. And it, the, it has to do with white people it, like Yeah, for those that aren't caught up on the lingo, it's basically the the can I speak to your managers? Um with you know, you you've seen them. The bob cuts, the sunglasses, the the one that um just complains about everything. They're usually in a Toyota Sequoia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So it's Okay, let's see. San Francisco supervisor Shimon Walton has introduced an ordinance that would punish racially motivated 911 calls named the Caution Against Racially Exploitative Non-Emergencies, or Karen Act. That's perfect. This follows Oakland Assemblymember Rob Bonta's statewide Assembly Bill 1550 that outlaws discriminatory emergency calls based on outward biases. Ooh, can't <laughs> wait to see how they... You know, regulate that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who's making the judgment call on what's racist in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, that that's going to be crazy to to see how all that goes down. But I, I think it is good that it's, you know, trying to deter nonsensical 911 calls. Yeah. And that's that's San Francisco's big problem. Not the big mounds of human crap piled up on every single walkable street in their city. And the fact that there is massive flight and inequities. Sure. Solve for Karen. Do it for Karen, San Francisco. I, One I of think the worst can... run governments in the world. That's you're not wrong. Yo, like LA now has the sanctioned homeless camp where you have to practice social distancing. And in retaliation, there's a bunch of normal homeless people outside of the gate 
where the city set up a homeless pop tent center that are like partying because they don't want a social distance. Crazy. And the ones on the inside of the fence are the ones that were like holding up as these are the, you know, law abiding citizens that are homeless living in government tents. I'm confused the, as to what world we're in. Yeah. And I, I, I don't I like don't, how there's a, I don't know how this ever ends. Like, how do you go back to normal after all of that? What the world's just going to end. You know, how this goes yeah. shout out. Shout out second coming. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I can I shift this once more? Do it. Uh, you hear of any? Um, you you hear about any person being apprehended lately? <laughs> oh. Um. Goes by the name of Jesslane Maxwell. Oh. Oh my goodness. What a, what a news week. I'm thinking to myself, like Kanye is running for president. We talked about it for 30 seconds and that's probably the appropriate amount of time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 That's the real story here. Yeah, man. I cannot, the mainstream media won't stay on top of this. I want a daily, I want a camera on. I don't know if you've seen it because it was, it was okay. Let's, let's start from the beginning. So for those who have forgotten that name, uh, we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein's, Longtime accomplice and accomplice, girlfriend. girlfriend, sure. And co-conspirator. She was the ones that would kind of, you know, bring them in and help traffic uh, the little girls. She would participate. Yeah. Sexually. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll... She would groom, facilitate. Hey, he wants Jeffrey wants a massage. I'm going to be yeah. there. And uh, she would normalize things. She would, um, she was mother hen and sometimes sexually participate. Uh, but ultimately... Yeah, she's in FBI custody. Yeah. Um, out of New Hampshire. So, let me update you on some of the facts. Just Lane Maxwell, 58, has a secret stash of Jeffrey Epstein's twisted sex tapes. Um, a former friend exclusively reveals. Um, let's see. The ex-friend said, not only did Epstein like to capture himself with underage girls, he wanted to make sure he had something to hold over the rich and powerful men who took advantage of... of you know, those outings. And it says, just has always been as cunning as they come. She wasn't going to be with Epstein all those years and not have some insurance. She has copies of everything Epstein had. Uh, they could implicate movers and shakers. If she goes down, she's going to take the whole lot of them with her. Now I read today that she has been sent to the same holding facility that Jeffrey Epstein was placed in. And I'm going to be irate if the cameras go out and the guards are kept sleeping again. But I, I think the joke of the town is that, you know, she's going to wind up having, you know, in quotations, uh, committing suicide. Yeah. It, it's hard to know who she even is. Like they're saying that she just came from Israel and she's been, uh, they both had like ties and implications to Mossad, of course. And, um, you know, some people have alleged that, Jeffrey just took over for her father, who might have been the real master blackmail uh, artist uh, back in the day. Will you, will you look up her father? Sure. Poor favor. Um, let's see. Maxwell was arrested by the FBI early Thursday morning in New Hampshire. She has allegedly been under FBI surveillance since at least December. Um, 
All right. Um, I just found an article about her father, so I'm going to read this. I have no idea what it contains. Robert Maxwell was born into poverty in Czechoslovakia in 1923 and built a publishing empire over decades that included titles such as the New York Daily News and Mirror Group newspapers. Before earning his fortune, Robert Maxwell escaped Nazi occupation. Um, he spent six years in the British Parliament. Uh, let's see. But the world le- learned after his death that he had been in severe financial straits and had been robbing his employees' pension funds to prop up his crumbling empire. Um, and he uh, had missed, let's see, he was last seen November 4th, 1991 on his yacht. He had missed a meeting with the Bank of England that day over his defaulting on more than a $62 million loan. Um, his naked body was recovered from the Atlantic Ocean one day later. Sounds on the up and up. Yeah. Man. Craziness just kind of runs in the family there, huh? It often does. Um, I don't know. It really... He had completely emptied his employee pension funds to the tune of at least $900 million in the months prior. Yeah, I, I really do think that there are... You know, there's the peasants, there's the the cogs in the wheel that you know, go to work every day and, you know, file W-2s and, you know, we're among them. Um, shout out. Shout up. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Holding down for peasants everywhere. Um, and then there's the people that make it somewhat, you know, I, I, I look at people like a Peyton Manning. Um, I, for some reason, I watched his intro to the NFL Awards recently. I'm just hmm. watching opening monologues. <laughs> it's in my YouTube algorithm. But I'm thinking to myself, like, he's made a lot of money, but he's still totally owned by some of the biggest brand names in the world, like yeah. Nationwide and um, Papa John's or, mm-hmm. you know, just it's like they elevate certain of certain people out of us and they can still take it away or take elements of future remuneration away yeah. in the future. And when you see some of the things that happen within politics and obviously this Epstein stuff and just the fact that he had access, like he hung out with Trump, he hung out with Clinton, he hung out with Alan Dershowitz and Prince Andrew and just some of the biggest names in the world. And like, who has that Rolodex and why? Why is he managing Les, West, Les Wexner's money? Why yeah. is he receiving a $70 million penthouse in, in New York? We don't know why. Like, there's a layer among us that really, man, I sound conspiratorial, but you got to think that certain people are pulling the strings on a lot of this. And it's like, what what level of knowledge does Elon have about the way certain things really operate that you and I don't have that he just, he can't even bring up in a normal conversation because it would be so mind blowing. Like, (laughs) what does he know about UFOs and aliens that we don't? Likely a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe his knowledge is what brought him to back Kanye. Maybe he is an alien. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. I don't know. There's this new um series on Netflix. I mean, have unexplained. you seen his child's name? I don't even know how to pronounce it, but yeah, it's just a yeah. serial code. But right. there was this uh, new series on. It was number one on Netflix over the weekend, unexplained. Okay, and it, it's really graphic and horrible in some ways because it'll just talk about. Like people that got killed 
and they never figured out what happened. And it, <laughs> yeah. like, that's how it ends. Oh, and geez. Some of it, one of the episodes was about uh, an experience with UFOs in um, like rural uh, Connecticut or New York or Massachusetts, forgive me, Massachusetts, where a UFO had just pretty much gone down a stretch of the state. Allegedly. No, this is pretty compelling because it made contact with all these different pockets of people who shared their story. And okay. So can, so this is straight up a UFO or could they have all seen something that maybe they all thought was a UFO and it really wasn't, or we're saying this is straight up aliens. If you ask me, it was a UFO. Okay. Like all right. when they all, they all described the, the stereotypical, disc sure. you know molded it in the middle uh with you know gravity propulsion but no obvious whirring or engine mechanisms um they were all different ages some of them were grandmothers some of them were children at the time they all came to this independently um hmm. you know they had logs from like the police and the news media and calls to the radio station and in like people that were putting their reputations on the line 90 miles apart from each other within the same night of this strange sighting. So whether, listen, if you're not looking at a UFO, what are you looking at when it's that proximate? Like go, go watch the, yeah, no, I'm going to check it out. I personally have thought since the Bob Lazar interview on JRE, you know, where he was recruited by the NSA Mm -hmm. to try to recreate the gravity propulsion and manipulation coming from one of the nine ships that they had harvested from you know, various findings, some of which the, some of these ships that they found, these UFOs, they were like from archaeological digs from mm-hmm. like times past. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you and I have had a conversation on here where I talked about like the Tower of Babel and like, you know, I, I honestly think that it was this city that, you know, that they were building this tower to try to reach God, but I, they got close enough to where God intervened. So I, I have to think that their technology was pretty crazy. If you, if you believe in that story, which, you know, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that is rooted in truth and could be a fable or, you know, translated interestingly or based upon the knowledge that we could receive by the day. This concept that humanity has already gone through these cycles, maybe the first iteration, like, again, Mm -hmm. what if Noah was building the wooden ark? when people were riding around in gravity propulsing UFOs and, you know, flying cars and all of this stuff. And that was the real like idiocy in their minds of his, of his ask of them. Like, Hey, you know, it it would seem, wouldn't it be, because if you picture everyone rubbing two sticks together to make a fire, you know, you're thinking Mm -hmm. like they were all worshiping gods or the God, like the, the spiritual life, the the afterlife was all they had because life was so hard. They're, you know, sleeping on rocks. But if you're already in a, a castle and Noah's building the ark, that's a much more compelling story that you yeah. could almost well, understand. I think that's more accurate, too. Like they had gone and they had completely forgotten about God or, you know, completely disbanded from, um, I guess, pre-Christianity because Christ hadn't been born yet. But um Maybe they completely strayed from God and that was his frustration and why he sent the flood in the first place. So, I mean, I can definitely see how life was good for many of them and that they weren't rubbing, you know, sticks together. 
like I, I completely agree with that, that, you know, they were very content with their way of life. We've always assumed that the second coming, you know, he comes through our atmosphere and is on a, a cloud and, you know, chariots and harps and all of this. But it doesn't ever explicitly say like this world or this earth that you're consuming this content on. You know, I I still have crazy ideas that <laughs> we are installed with the right software on us to level up and maybe deliverance does not come you know this could be death to us but what if it's not to, to humans that already leveled up or god or whatever that all natural you see what i'm saying like what if we technologically progress ourselves to the point of what we thought was like initial salvation and the whole thing is much larger than that you know I get what you're saying. I hmm. I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetime. Um, I think maybe humans have the capability of definitely extending life much longer. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never given much thought to that. Because if so. we can, my my theory was that if we can manipulate gravity, we can go and bend time and space and go figure out what's going on, access aliens other beings that we've never had access to that might they might be a scale up on the progression from us in terms of evolution or our walk with god like our quest to find god you know yeah knowing us like we'll find another species and they'll just like completely wipe us out <laughs> but i really do think that these like the the navy the air force the armed forces have documented video you know of ufos mm -hmm. and like something is going on here. Like we all agree that there's other planets and most Christians think that there's other worlds, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not preposterous no, no, no. by any means. Yeah. The idea that they could be at a different, do we all, do we think that they're all humans that have a temperature of 98.6 and, you know, share this amount of DNA with chimps? Like, no. are we all at the same exact anatomical levels and, water levels and you know, do we all take the same shape or you know when the essence of us is between our two ears do you see what i'm saying yeah no i totally get what you're saying i i don't know if i have the capacity to expand on that because i haven't given yeah I'm, I'm raising more questions than offering solutions right yeah but, I, I, you know because really I know that sometimes the things I say sound, sound fantastical, but so does the biblical narrative. You know, if you're going to believe in these different uh, seemingly mythological things, you know, I, I think being open to incorporating technology into that sure. salvation story or deliverance story or, or whatever is happening, giving, we don't know how far humanity progressed before the fall uh, of, you know, the Noah time, mm -hmm. you know, or Tower of Babel time or the garden or whatever. You know, yeah. So even if you're going to adhere to that as a, um, a pretty historically accurate timeline of events as perceived by the humans of that time, I'm down with that. Let's do that. But maybe there's other things too. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's go to it's the possible. next birthday shout out to <laughs> liven up the mood a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, who is it from? Mm, I guess I'll. Tease this. This is from your good buddy Alec McLaughlin. What? Longtime listener of the show, first time caller. Dang. Okay, so, Alec. So um, I asked him to put together a little 
little roast of our oh. good buddy uh, <laughs> B Rad. And I got to tell you, I listened to this this morning. Dude's a writer. Oh no, he is. So dude's like a Tony I already, Hinch clip. I Alec, I already know this is going to be good because in our fantasy football league, he was the commissioner, and after every week, he would do a video of like you know who lost to who, and he was just ripping on everybody, and nobody was safe. And I love that. And so I am like, I have I have chill bumps right now. Yeah, I think he missed his calling as like a. He's almost like a Daily Show meets Tosh type personality. <laughs> you know, like. I would watch that show all day long is all I'm saying. Oh, boy. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome for his inaugural appearance, Mr. Alec McLaughlin. Shout to out. The Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. Hey, Brad. This is your hero, the Batman to your Robin, the voice to your treason. I just wanted to drop in and wish my biggest fan a happy birthday. You know, hopefully brighten your day and encourage you to pick your feet up every now and then. Now, I know that you went and put out one fire verse and you've got yourself a big head. But don't worry, I'll always be there to deflate that ego of yours. Besides, if you really wanted to drop a banger, you'd release the fan favorite cover of Are You Gonna Be My Girl. Happy birthday, buddy. I love you. I hope that you enjoy the last year of your 20s, and I'm excited to see what our 30s will hold for us next year. Bro, that that was amazing. Alex, <laughs> thank you this so much, man. All right, so I, I got to tell a couple inside jokes here because he, he put in some subtle hints uh, all throughout that. So... He said that he's the Batman to my Robin, or yeah, he's the Batman to my Robin and the voice to my treason. So him and I actually, uh, man, this is like early, early college maybe, where we made up like a fake band called Voice of Treason. And anytime that we go out to sing karaoke, like we'll just write with Sharpie on a white t-shirt, Voice of Treason, and pretend like we're in a band. And, uh, you know, he talked about, are you going to be my girl? And that's the staple, that's the staple song. Um, that we perform at all of these karaoke outings. And uh, then he also told me to pick up my feet. And funny little story, uh, in high school, our senior year, we had like six different basketball coaches because they all kept falling by the wayside or getting fired or different things like that. Um, but one of our assistant coaches, for some reason, he would pick on me during the practices. And he, you know, we'd be running suicides and he'd be like, pick up your feet, Bradley pick up your feet and I wouldn't even be the last one like no it's not like the team was waiting on me to finish or anything he would just always you know yell at me to pick up my feet and so him Alec Cole they, they never let me live that down they they constantly tell me to pick up my feet um that's funny yeah it's great so thank you so much Alec man that that was that was wonderful I was a little worried but uh no you nailed that and uh, I definitely agree with Carson man if, if you ever uh, get tired of the nursing life you should definitely look into writing uh, or just you do it as a side gig because could be a roast writer. Honestly, like very tight delivery. Yeah. You know, no, no excessive words. Yeah. Hit up Comedy Central. You need to send in uh, those YouTube videos that you made for fantasy football. Send in this little snippet. Um, obviously, this was also partially my idea, just like all of our uh, bands that we're in. So I will expect to um, be paid for it. I like how he's referencing the main hit from your fake band. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you going to be my girl by jet? We always perform that everywhere. Um, that's too funny. Yeah. Well, he must be current or at least follow you on social media. Cause you know, if he knows the song, from I last mean, week, I, I think he, I, I think he's a couple, a uh, couple episodes, but well, I mean, I posted that on social media. So he probably Dude, is he a it. dad yet. When is that uh, happening? I don't remember how far along she is, but he's not a dad yet, but they're well on their way. Wow. Yeah. 
What a guy. My dad wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going to see him and Rochelle uh, this Saturday. So, Heck yeah, reunion. Yeah, man. Looking forward to that. Um, thanks again, Alec. That was awesome. Speaking of the song uh, <laughs> that I did, um, I have an interesting kind of story. So I had actually wanted to put that song on Spotify or Apple Music or Napster or whatever you're listening to. Um, just for friends and family and myself to be able to listen to it from time to time. Um, and so I went through TuneCore. I found out about TuneCore through the artist Russ. And you might familiar. Yeah, you might know him from uh, Losing Control or What They Want. Um, what They Want was my intro to him. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That video. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and he's all about like independent uh, artist artistry and owning your own stuff. And he's like making millions off of some of the songs that he, you know, just put up on TuneCore and, you know, it was distributed out. Um, obviously, I didn't expect to make that. I expect to make billions. But um, so I sent it through TuneCore and it was halted because of the sample that we used. So the instrumental actually uses a song called Set Me Free by Leela James. And um, I was told that I needed to get permission um, in order to use her sample. And so I, I was kind of bored. And so I looked up her rec- record label. She signed to BMG records and I actually emailed them and BMG records, you know, they have several artists that you might know, um, at one time or another was signed to them, like Britney Spears, Johnny Cash, Justin Timberlake, Death Cab for Cutie, Daft Punk, Michael Jackson, um, at one time or another, another they had distributed those artists' music. Anyway, I emailed them and I got one back, and they sent me like a paper to fill out, and it said, uh, you know, what is the intended use for this? What label are you signed to? And I emailed, I emailed back, and I was like, I'm not signed to any label. Um, I just, you know, it was a creative outlet and uh, just something for a podcast that I'm doing. And they're like, okay, well, you can just leave that blank. And so I filled out the form uh, this morning. So I'm waiting to hear back if I get uh, permission to use to use her sample. <laughs> By the time this is all over, you're going to be like a music insider in Hollywood. Dude, like, I, I mean, I, it, I just kind of fell down this rabbit hole and I just kept getting more curious about how it all works. And the fact that, you know, I'm emailing this record label and they're responding and it, it, it just was crazy to me. So I, I didn't want to just dead it uh, whenever they said I needed permission. I um yeah, it, it's, it's been so it's been interesting. When every brand's support line has been reduced to a chatbot that provides vague help or references to, oh, did you mean to file your complaint here? You know, like mm-hmm. if you ever order through the Chipotle app and then you go to the physical <laughs> brick and mortar, they're like, we don't know how to do the app. You got to yeah. take it up with them. It's so refreshing that in this day of like just sterile, cold arm's length social distancing that people are still approaching people and hollering at them to collaborate and get the American dream going, baby. Like if you are a passionate, like authentic person chasing something, people will respond to that still. Like you can still be anything. Kanye West is running for president and Donald Trump is currently president. (laughs) You can do anything you want. And I saw a lot of tweets about, after Kanye and I think you even got I in did, the front. Yeah. I know Heston did, but it was like, you know, people need to quit telling people that they can be <laughs> That's anything. That's exactly what I said. I disagree with no, that. No, man, come on. I di- you can be anything you want to be. You can. That doesn't mean you should. 
I don't know, man. This no, is no. A... I do know. Not everyone is meant for every job. Well, Trump and Kanye are both crazy and <laughs> need meds. And yes, one's racist, are, one is deranged. You are furthering my point. However, is it not inspiring? No, that anybody can it be is president. Scary as hell. What I are you don't talking care. about. It's still inspiring. You're, okay, listen. I was on board with you for a whole discussion on UFOs. I am not on board with this. And we could make contact with aliens or run for president. Like <laughs> We can do anything. Yeah, no. The, the sky's the limit. It's beautiful. The idea that Kanye could be president is scarier to me than aliens and UFOs being out there. No, man, we're that much closer. Uh, we're that much closer to figuring to out what's the going end. on. We are that much closer to the end. I take solace in knowing that I will see my savior <laughs> soon. <laughs> We're going to figure out that the end is just that moment in the Truman Show where he runs into the horizon. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Elon Musk is going to be on the other side of the bubble standing next to Jesus. <laughs> oh, I am fed up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shout outs. You ready to get out of here? <laughs> yeah, um, we, we can do that. Let's just wrap this thing. All right. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like W-R-A-P. You meant like R-A-P? No. Let's like. Oh, like let's end it. I thought you, do you mean like, let's rhyme ourselves oh out of this gosh. episode or do you mean like, let's just cut it? Let's get out of here. <laughs> so do you have shout outs? No. Oh, um, <laughs> shout out to my wonderful girlfriend, Courtney, and uh, shout out to my wonderful friend, Alec, for contributing to this episode. Uh, man, both of those made me smile from ear to ear. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone else who reached out to me. Uh, about the song or about my birthday and wish me well wishes. That's much appreciated. Um, I know there's several listeners that I will see this weekend, so I can't wait to hang out with um, many of you. And um, that's all I got this week. That makes two of us. I'm grateful for another year of life for you yeah, and uh, that we, we documented a good portion of your last year together yeah. doing this show. Um, it's been incredible to watch your growth, Bradley. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. It's uh, we're gonna see how your thirties are, just like, just like Alex said. I love yeah. how he's like doing those references, and then he's like, "All right, yeah, enough of our fake band. We're about to be 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's where we're gonna get it going. We finally have the means. The means. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, man. All right. Well, thanks for coming over. Yo, fortieth episode locked in. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to all the tots. We appreciate all of y'all. Um, thanks for contributing. We've had. We've accumulated a good little number of like listener submissions. We've had mm -hmm. Michael on the show. We've had Heston contribute, you know, uh, obviously Monsa a couple times. Yeah. Just, you know, Courtney's that's her second that's appearance, appearance on Alec, the show. Yeah. So, love having all of you on like that just makes it so much better for us. Um yeah. Yeah. Th yeah this podcast is going to like just hold I mean it already does, but just thinking about everything and like all of our friends contributing and everything like it's always going to hold a special place in my heart you know somehow this podcast is like your stepping stone where i, I feel like in 10 years you're going to be chief curator of spotify and <laughs> not even it, to the outside world it will appear like you're an overnight success but there's something going on with your newfound realization that hey i have i have um creative capital I have, um, you know, my own standing and I'm going to reach out to this record label and your, your newfound realization that they will respond in kind and that you yeah. are powerful and that every listener is, we are intrinsically powerful if we harness it, regardless of race, religion, color, if you're handicapped, if you're not, you have power 
and flex that like all of y'all yeah girls guys like men women like whoever flex that power because we all have it you know the scariest thing is if the people that know that and they stand up and they accept that and they use it maybe we can be anything we want (laughs) full circle (laughs) (laughs) you like that i'm you're mad at trump and kanye because they know they have power and they know that nobody had to give it to them for them to have it so the rest of y'all that are hating get off the sidelines quit tweeting quit your griping and moaning and you know what like get even more powerful than protesting you know like you have better power you have group thought capital you have socioeconomic power you have the power of your dollar and where that goes and what you support and how you live if you're crying out about capitalism and all this bull crap and you're doing it on an iphone get out of here we all have intrinsic power and i challenge you that if you're mad at somebody in the public eye that you don't see eye to eye on and that you feel there's an inequity there grab your own power and and fight back in a a long-term strategic way not based out of emotion harness emotion on that journey there but when you like killer mike says if you when you collaborate coordinate organize like when you get together and do all that there is unfettered power that you have access to and no one had to give it to you you just had to you know realize that you had it and exude it and exhibit it that was beautiful and powerful and i think we should leave them on that note reverend carson gibbons out (laughs) awesome we will catch you guys up next week bye-bye